Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spread Thin, a senior care podcast for the sandwich generation. Welcome to the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. I wanted to talk a little bit real quick about our last episode on hospice. I had a lot of great feedback and most of the feedback was asking for more, that they wanted just more information about hospice. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because our first, I'll call it round of episodes, are going to be like very broad strokes of different topics within senior healthcare. And then once we get through kind of the 101s of all the different topics, we're going to then double back and really dissect some of those topics. So hospice, for instance, we really could have split that hospice episode into probably five different ones. We could talk probably a whole episode about intake and how to get started in hospice. I think that was the one that I got the most comments about that people wanted more information. And I actually, from even close friends and actually a family member, um, had reached out and said, take me through that again, step by step. So I think that's what we'll do once we get through a lot of just the 101s of different topics in senior healthcare, is that we'll double back and go into more specifics. So I just wanted to let everybody know that. So today we have Jessica Masternick on as our guest, and she is going to take us through all the different levels of care within senior healthcare. This can get extremely complicated because there are so many things that you can mix and match. For instance, you can privately pay for assisted living. You can have your Medicare pay for skilled home care while in assisted living, and you can privately pay for a caregiver to come see you through a private duty. That would be one instance of care. Or you could go to a skilled nursing facility where your insurance will pay, but then you don't receive home care because you're receiving therapy in the skilled nursing setting. So there's so many different levels of care. And then within those levels of care, there are different, let's call them add-ons that you can do for additional care. And then another component is the financial component of who pays for what, what insurance covers, and what insurance doesn't cover. So we are going to go through those. Again, this is going to be kind of a broad stroke, but then we will later on break them down. But Jess is kind of the perfect person to have on this episode today, which is great um, because she is, she's a licensed nursing home administrator. She has run assisted living. She has been in home care. We own a private duty home care together. Uh, We have a staffing company. We have a senior placement care management company. And then she's also been involved, obviously, with our adult care facilities and then has seen hospice work side by side with all of these. So she's really kind of um, an overall perfect person to have here because she'll be able to share all the different levels of care. We'll call them within a brick and mortar, but then she'll also be able to talk about other services that you could add on when you're there. So I am excited to have Jess on the show today and let's go ahead and get started. So thanks for being here. Hi, Jess. Hi, Marilee. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm excited for this, but I think it's going to get really confusing because you obviously heard my intro there. And even in that intro, I think I confused not only myself, but probably everyone else, because there's so, so many options. And I'm a very visual person. I'm assuming there's more people like that out there. So this is going to be tricky. Very. Yeah, because there's a lot of information you're going to share. I got lost in that whole explanation, yeah, too. I figured. <laughs> so, all right, well, maybe you can do it better then. Um, because we are going to talk about all the different levels of care. And we're just going to, like, skim the surface. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? I am so ready. All right. Well, start and tell us about the different levels of care. We'll call it inpatient and a brick and mortar. So when you're receiving services within a building, what are your options? Okay. I think that the easiest way to explain this spectrum of offerings of brick and mortar is to start with like the least invasive care 
and or to say that this loved one we have is the most independent as possible but is a senior and looking for somewhere to go and then we can kind of progress through the spectrum of care okay as this person needs more access to more services so let's start with the most independent person okay start there okay obviously a person can live independently so like came from home came from home and they are still rather independent. However, they are looking for more of a social life, looking for people their age. They are looking to live in a community that kind of caters to the age that they are in, which is typically a 55 plus, which in our world, that kind of makes me laugh a little bit because there's very few 55 to 85 year olds in these senior communities, but- That might be statewide though. Like, I feel like Florida, mm-hmm. anytime we go down to Florida, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, 55 plus, And they're like, I'm moving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm moving into <laughs> one of these communities. It's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Whereas, like, Ohio is definitely different where we are, where it's like, I think the average age is like 85. Yeah, I think so. And you're right, because... I think that in Florida, it's more socially acceptable, perhaps, if I can just make this generalization, to move into these communities, whereas up north, it's maybe more of a stigma. But they do offer an abundance of services that cater to people who probably don't want to deal with certain things, like who wants to do their lawn maintenance anymore? Who wants to cook meals? You can go to a restaurant, you know? So it's more like independent living is more like um, heavy on the activities and house keeping kind of side of it yeah but not the the health care side of it very true usually independent livings kind of specialize in knowing who to call but they're not necessarily the people who are going who to, to make the call right Got it. they're saying <laughs> don't yeah. call me call this person right right yeah. exactly makes sense they're uh legally not bound to care for you in any way shape or form and you can yeah. see independent livings in kind of two primary ways you can either see them as uh, like an apartment facility where you go inside a building and then you walk down a hallway and there's an apartment here and an apartment here and an apartment here. Yeah. And you're walking down the hallway and everybody's within this group setting. Or uh, there are also independent livings where you can live in separate homes, more of like a condo standalone or a shared wall. Oh, like a villa. Yes. A lot like of times they call them a villa. A lot of people call yeah. them villas. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right, so let's say you need a little bit more of the healthcare side of it, but you still want all that other stuff. Okay, so things start to slide a little bit with with your loved one's care. Let's say they're less of in the 55, 60 bracket and they're more in the 80, 85 bracket, and now they need a little help. They need a little help either with their medication or they need help with... Uh, maybe it's their uh, meals, whatever it may be. And then we're kind of looking towards the next step, which is called assisted living. And assisted living is a brick and mortar building Uh that houses many apartments, but has this heightened level of services within the building. So it's not people that you call to come in, they're actually there and you are going to an assisted living to receive assistance. Yeah, we had um, so we had Jill on. I don't know if you've listened to that podcast or not, but Jill I did. Was, it was awesome. Um, from an assisted living, and she talked a lot about like what they offer, mm-hmm. and it is. It's like kind of a, it's like the middle ground. Yes, almost. Yeah, it's like a hybrid of nursing home, independent living. Yes, it is. But I f- do feel like assisted livings. Correct me if I'm wrong. Have like really reached a little like reached is a good like, way to say that there's like some places have like six levels of care yes and because they want you to you know age in place which like i totally get i respect yes yeah, i i think it, people should age in place as well but because of that there there's a broad spectrum of what they can offer there is a broad spectrum yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i think it is confusing i think that's part of what confuses the spectrum is that there's not this like assisted living you would technically back in the day think of this as the middle ground like you said but now it's less of a middle ground and it's like who can afford to pay to to age in place and those people are still there and they could be 
not mobile. They could be a two-person assist. They could be uh, beyond the care of what you would traditionally imagine in an assisted living. Uh But since they can afford extra assistance to make the assisted living comfortable with having them there. Yeah, they can stay forever. They can stay forever. So that means you're going to have this wide range of people in assisted livings. You're going to have people who were ready to go receive some light assistance yeah and you're gonna have people who are privately able to pay for this lovely environment Mm -hmm. and perhaps kind of like live beyond what their stay maybe should have or could have been because they can afford all this other stuff yeah it's almost like while you were talking it made me think of um a ccrc which is a continuum care retirement community Continuing care. Yes. Continuing care. A CCRC yeah. is what they call it for short. And a CCRC is a community that literally has all of these services. They have a nursing home, an assisted living, and an independent living. Yes. But like listening to you talk, is that just like a thing of the past where CCRCs don't matter because an assisted living can like do it all? Not really. I mean, I love CCRCs. You're a big fan of CCRCs. I am, and I am a yeah. <laughs> huge fan of CCRCs for couples, especially anyone who's um, in a that's a good point partnership yes. where there's two people who are receiving services. There is no guarantee as you age that you are going to age gracefully yes. together so and simultaneously. And so, if you live in a CCRC, you at least have the comfort that your partner is always going to be on the same campus as you. Maybe not in the same room, maybe not in yeah. the same section of the building, but always going to be easily accessible. So true. Actually, quick story here. So Jess and I met. We worked at a CCRC together. And when I first started, Jess was already there and she took me on a tour of the building and, you know, it was like pointing out all, all the good things. I get, <laughs> I get very excited about long-term yes, care. you do. And uh, you, one of the things that you pointed out to me, which I like laughed at the time, but it was really smart, was that you were like, if there's a, you know, a couple again that is in the assisted living, but then, you know, maybe her husband or whoever has a fall and has to go to the rehab facility, you actually use the example, she can walk over there and not even get rained on because it's under the same roof. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. But that's what I like, said. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> you know, looking back at it, I was like, is this for real? But like, it actually, it, it is makes for sense. real. Right. When you're older, you don't want to walk a mile through the rain. You just literally walk next door. Right. Which was a good point. So I guess back to your CCRC. Obviously, there's a good line because it's stuck with you for 15 years. That's true. Yep. So, yes, I'm a huge fan of CCRCs, but I feel like we've kind of veered off path because I want to come back into the assisted living realm of things. And so I talked about how traditionally people are going to be living in this apartment setting, a larger building where there's a dietary team, a maintenance team, all all the teams that help provide all this assistance. Mm -hmm. There's also kind of one other branch of this assisted living movement. And we were a part of it for a little bit, which is the group home setting. I I don't even know what you're talking about. Where are you going with this? Oh, okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes, that is also considered assisted living. It's just a completely different model of it. I'm not going to go down that road because I feel like you can have a whole separate episode about the difference between those two settings. But I just wanted to mention that that is considered also an assisted living setting. But they also call that a couple different things. So they would call sometimes adult family home, adult family, a group home, adult care facility, resident, no, no, residential care facility. I know everybody calls it something a little bit different. RCS are actually, yeah, bigger, but anyway, Yes. The license is considered an adult care facility. Yes. All those terms just get tossed around and gets very confusing. So I think if we just stick to independent living and now we have assisted living. Okay. Okay. All right. So independent living, not a whole lot of health care, not health care at all, really. From, From the independent living provider, we'll say. Right. And then assisted living is pretty much everything that IL has to offer, but then maybe a little bit more expensive too which we'll get into Definitely. because you now have, you're adding the healthcare. Right. And then what's the next step? And then the next step would be a nursing home. Okay. This 
now instead of being called a nursing home yeah i was gonna say we have like 10 different other things to call a it. retirement home now it is typically referred to technically as a skilled nursing facility or rehab facility or long-term care i'll get into or that extended care facility i'll get into that i'll get into that but <laughs> for right. the sake I'm, of this conversation I'm jumping ahead for the sake of this conversation to keep it simple for our listeners who are visual like we are yeah. let's just think of three things independent okay. living Assisted, assisted living. living, skilled nursing facility. What if, so here is my argument to confuse everyone. What if you're not there for skilled services? You can do that at a nursing home. Why? Because so, you're there for a respite, you mean? No, you're there long term. You live there forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to get into that. I know what you mean, but that's still what it's called. A skilled nursing facility <laughs> because they are capable of providing a skilled, skilled service. Nursing. Think of it like that. Okay. Maybe not what you're getting from the building, but what they're capable of providing. Okay. That's okay? fair. Can we just all, uh, f- like, all just do, like, one big Zoom, like, nationwide, uh-huh. where we all get on and we just decide what we're going to call these things? Yeah, new names. Yeah, because it would be a lot easier. At a federal level. Uh-huh. I agree with it. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll it's... push I'll push for that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, In, you so kinda... you're going to call it a skilled nursing home. I'm going to call it a skilled nursing facility. Nursing <laughs> facility. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> and it's bad when even the professionals <laughs> get confused, right? I know. It's terrible. So, yes. Skilled nursing facilities. And I'm going to talk about um, two different primary arms. As you mentioned, someone could be there long term. Okay. And someone could be there short term. So what are the differences in the service then between short term and long term in a skilled nursing facility? In a skilled nursing facility, I don't know if it would be helpful for our listeners to pick apart the differences. Yeah, that's probably a whole nother episode. Because truly, the most important thing to know about a skilled nursing facility is it's the highest level of care that you can receive in long-term care short of a hospital. And the capacity of a skilled nursing facility, whether you're there for a long-term stay or a short-term stay, is to provide rehabilitation. They are, yeah. they are qualified through the employment of registered nurses, through having a medical director, and through having lots of other nursing support staff, LPNs, licensed practical nurses, and state-tested nursing assistants. There's a higher qualification required from the staff to provide for people with higher acuities. Yeah, and they do have to have more staff than any other. Correct. Like yeah. Floating around Each the hallways. Each one of these levels as we've kind of moved our way down. Independent, nothing required. Yeah. Assisted living, a little bit more. Skilled nursing, a lot. A lot. And then hospital, a, a ton. ton. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Right. Yeah, so would it be safe to say that a skilled nursing facility, also a lot of people refer that refer to that as a sniff. Yes. Which is like the funniest little word, a sniff. A sniff. A lot of people call that a skilled nursing facility. Correct. So is it fair to say it's a step down from a hospital? Yes. I think a lot of people in the hospital would say it's a really far step down, but then on the long-term care side, we would say, yep, that would be the natural next step. Yeah, just a little tiny step. Yeah, it's just a little tiny step. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So that sounds good. So those are... Thank you for explaining that very clearly. The brick and mortars. Yes. Okay. So I want to, so we don't get too confused. I'm going to close that chapter. Okay. We'll come back to it because we're going to talk about payment and things like that. Yes. And we, but I figured we need that to talk about just, the overlap, which is well, yeah. <laughs> where things so what, get really yeah. complicated. So let's close that down. Okay. <laughs> we do A-I-L-A-L SNF. Independent living, assisted living, skilled nursing facility. Yep. Okay. So now let's talk about there's also really three different levels of care that are not within a brick and mortar that somebody can receive. And they can receive these in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Not all of these places. So no. we'll, go, we'll go through that. But talk about the three different other services, kind of like you did the community ones, the brick and mortar ones. And okay. then we'll dive back in and like see how they all intertwine. Okay. Sounds good. It's not as clear cut of a transition through independent, through AL, through Yeah, because they can all overlap. Right, because they can sort kind of. of all intertwine and people can be relatively 
Okay, well, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> People can be relatively, I see the wheel spinning in there that I, it's already yeah. confusing. And... Well, no, I'm not confusing. I was just going to say, well, let's just start with our favorite one. Yeah. Because that's the one we own. Got it. And we know that better than anything. So let's just start with the private duty home care because okay. that one has a ton of different names. Mm-hmm. And people never know what it does, mm-hmm. and people never know how to pay for it. True. And people always want it, but then are like, oh, wait, I had to pay for this. Yes. It's really confusing. Okay, so what Marilyn is, ref- is referring to is home care. And home care is commonly referred to as private duty home care or non-medical home care or non-skilled home health, I even hear. And... So all of those terms are relating to a service in which a caregiver comes into the home that's privately paid for and uh, they can come from anywhere from an hour to 24 hours in a day's time. Mm -hmm. And this gets a little complex because you can have, you know, such an array of acuity on this service. But um, generally speaking, home care is um, a service that is dictated by the consumer. So oftentimes, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, oftentimes in healthcare, we deal with services that are dictated by insurance companies. Yeah, like you get two visits. Yep. Insurance will only cover two visits. Yep. I hear that literally weekly. Yes. And then we also have services that are dictated by doctors, and we have services. And this one is a is a purely consumer-driven service. Yeah. You call and you say, bring, bring, I'm calling for mom, and I want her to have blah, whatever like, it is. Absolutely. We'll be there in 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no barriers. Yeah, it's awesome. Easy as can be when you can pay for it. It's that yeah. easy. But yeah, because it can get really expensive. Yes, it can. It's It can get very expensive. So well, That's, okay. that'll be our next yeah, yeah, section, yeah. right? I'll get into that. Okay, so then uh, conversely, I feel like I should just hit this one head on so that we don't get confused if I put something to space it. But the next one I want to talk about is skilled home health services. Makes sense. So we just talked about the consumer-driven aspect of home care, and yeah. now this is like the doctor-driven. Insurance. Insurance-driven. Yes, uh, this is this is driven by not you. You do not get to pick. Uh, you get a prescription. It gets covered by your insurance, and it's called skilled home health care. People also refer to this as home care, which is also very confusing. I know it's so confusing. People have started lately doing home health care. Okay, so okay. I think that it's easy just to keep them completely separate and say, for the sake of conversation, let's call one home health and let's call one home care. And home health is like the skilled driven, think about, you know, insurance, doctors, health, and then care. You just think about, you know, you're just having some people come and care for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. So in skilled home health services, those are teams comprised of skilled professionals, skilled professionals. It is typically a registered nurse, a licensed practical nurse. Uh, They typically have a skilled, um, caregiver, uh, a state tested nursing assistant to provide bathing services. They also have physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, and they are coming in to do intermittent visits that are driven by a referral that was given through a prescription from a doctor or a skilled professional to say, so-and-so needs these services because this will help them either maintain their health or Mm -hmm. improve rehab. And you can receive these in your home. That makes sense. I think that where it gets really confusing, mm-hmm. and I hear this all the time, I know you do as well, people say, oh, well, I'm going to get home health care because they'll send an aide in, or they're going to have a nurse stop in. And I always, I'm like 100%, yes, do it, because your insurance pays for it. So right. why Absolutely. not do so, it? Yes. But at the same time, they are, like your nurse is there no more than an hour. Your therapist is there no more than an hour. Mm -hmm. And you're not always getting to pick those times. Correct. So going back to that, you know, consumer care. Right. Yeah. I'm like, if you want to shower at a certain time or you want certain things, you need to have home care and home health care together at the same time. Correct. Because you can 
do that, which we'll get into. Right, because you can dictate at a consumer level home care services. You can say, I want to count on someone from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., yeah. and you can do that. You cannot, however, do that with home health. It's not about, I mean, of, of yeah. course, any company that wants to maintain a client is going to try to work within reason of course, based on your preferences. But you're right, those, those visits are absolutely short and mm -hmm. they are um, intended to be a pop-in and a pop-out visit. Mm -hmm. And it is simply to get the tasks done that they need to get done. So if a nurse is coming to do a dressing change, that's the reason they're there. They're you coming say dressing in. change, it's not to change clothes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. <Okay. laughs> like a dressing change for a wound. A wound, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. And yeah, so they're coming in and they're going to change the bandage on your wound and then they're not sitting around to help you get in and out of yeah, the shower. They're, they're gone. not helping you get dressed. They are changing your bandage and they are walking out the door yeah. after they, you know, document whatever, check on other things that they need to check on. Right. Yep. Okay. So then what's your next one? So the other one would be hospice. Which we just had Rachel on to talk about hospice. It was awesome. That's great. I yeah. love myself some hospice. I think everybody in senior healthcare loves hospice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely one of the probably least or scariest services for people to access. And it is actually the, the best. The best. Yeah. yeah. Until further notice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, there's one other thing. I, I know you mentioned three things that could be accessed at home. There's another? Well, I just wanted to bring up the fact that you could have visiting physicians. Oh, okay. Doctors that make house calls and... Yes, for somebody that cannot leave the house. Yes. So I thought that was important to mention. That yeah, that's smart. Outside of the brick and mortar, you can have, you know... Physicians come. Physicians come in to your house. Whatever. So just to recap then, again, mm -hmm. before we close this chapter... Yep. So you have home care, which is also called sometimes private duty, non basically because you're non privately paying. Yeah, yeah, non-skilled, but it is it, it can is. be skilled, so that's weird. I mean, I think you the can services really are... privately pay for anything, right? And then um, what you said, non-medical. Yep. Which yeah, okay. So you Consumer can get that. Consumer-driven services. Uh, I like that. That's an easier way to put it. Okay. And then your other ones are skilled. Home skilled. Health. That is insurance driven. Yep. And then you have hospice. Mm -hmm. So those are your three plus visiting physicians, mm -hmm. which is also a really good one. Okay. So now I want to take a quick break, but then we're going to get into how these overlap and what services you can have with others. Mm. This is where it gets like, I'm doing a thing with my hands. Like it's being tangled up like mm -hmm. a spider web. Cause that's what happens. So let's take a quick break. We'll let everybody gather their thoughts and then we'll get back into it. This podcast is sponsored by Options Home Services. Please call us for more information at 614-947-8888 or visit our website at optionshomeservices.com. All right. Thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully we haven't confused you. And now we're going to get into how all of these overlap and then who pays for all of them. I think if we just can master those two, we'll be in good shape. Okay. You're staring at me. I know my eyes are glazing over. I'm afraid we're going to send everyone into a spiral. I know. Okay. So the easiest way here, let's start with the brick and mortars. So let's talk about independent living. What services can you receive at an independent living facility that are like the ancillary ones, not the brick and mortars? So independent living, what can you receive? Okay. On that list of the non brick and mortar services, we have home care, we have skilled home health and we have hospice. And then we have the visiting doctors. You could receive so basically all, all of those things because independent living, independent living doesn't really have their own. They say, absolutely. Bring it on. Bring on your people to right. help you remain independent. And all of those people will help you do that, hopefully. And then you can continue to live there independently. 
So then let's say someone says, okay, great. My mom lives in an independent living. Sign me up for all four of those. Mm. Yeah, that can't happen. That can't happen all at the same time. The primary, I even have to look at a piece of paper as I discuss <laughs> confusing, this. right? Because it is confusing, but the competing services that would be a problem would be skilled home health and hospice. Because insurance pays for both of those. Exactly. And you can't be rehabbing to get better on skilled home health services while you're battling a terminal illness. Diagnosis, yeah. That's the most simple way Rachel would probably she would go really in depth with that yeah because it's not that simple you can I basically look at it as like if insurance is paying for two things they're not going to they're not going to pay for two things exactly you can receive a physical therapist to come in under the hospice umbrella if they're but that's not through a skilled home care no no okay so those are two competing services i couldn't call a home health company and say hey let my medicare pay for this and then call a hospice company and say hey let my medicare pay for this that's not the way it would work so really let's just i guess clarify this and any of these settings Mm -hmm. you are never going to be receiving skilled home health and hospice at the same time. You are choosing one or the other. Correct. So the skilled home care Mm -hmm. where you have the nurses and the therapists come out, if you go that way, you are opting out of the hospice benefit. Correct. But if you go the hospice way, you're opting out of the skilled home health benefit. That one is a little murkier, and let me tell you why. Senior healthcare loves murky. I know. Murky (laughs) is, yes. Okay, so on hospice, you could, let's say you're on hospice for a cancer diagnosis, and you trip over your rug and you break your hip. Mm -hmm. This hip being broken is causing you a significant amount of pain. The hospice company could keep you on services to continue to treat you for your cancer diagnosis and then also offer some physical therapy to help you with your hip that's causing you an increase. Still going to be through your hospice company. Correct. Okay. Yep. So for the general consumer, they don't know all the behind the scenes stuff. I just don't want people to think that because you're choosing hospice, everything else goes untreated and good luck. Because that's not the way it is. Yeah, good point. Okay. Okay. But yes, I do think there's some philosophical difference between you're either going the rehab route or you're going the let's Hospice get, route. Let's get the loved one comfortable. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Private duty, you can, or we're calling it home Whatever, care. whenever, wherever. And independent living. And then a visiting physician can obviously come to an independent living. Pretty, yep. Anywhere, whatever. Okay. Yep. So then let's go to an assisted living. Okay. What services can you receive in an assisted living okay. setting. You can receive home care for additional help. That's okay. normal. Okay. You can receive skilled home health services. That also is very common mm-hmm. that assisted livings make referrals for additional therapy or someone's having a lot of falls. They'll use that as an intervention to help keep you there. And then very common for people to receive hospice services and then also physicians. That's totally standard. So all four of those in assisted living. So all four in independent living, all four in assisted living, but the whole skilled home health and hospice still remains the same. Yep. Okay. So then let's go to a skilled nursing facility. Okay. And what can you receive? Sure. So home care, consumer driven home care, you can absolutely privately hire someone to come and sit in there. Which is why we love home care because we can provide it anywhere you want right so one to like that plug one to 24 hours a day uh you could have a home care company come and sit with your loved one in 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 a skilled nursing facility facility. and this is very common that families who can't afford to pay for that will pay for that then skilled home health the non-consumer driven home care services that are uh, primarily nurses and therapists for rehab, they are not going to come in to a skilled nursing facility because you are in a place, you are in an environment that provides those services. 
Makes sense. If you qualify for therapy or you have a need for therapy, you are going to receive it right there so in that facility. Already have their therapist there. That's 100%. what they're providing. So you will never see a skilled home health provider within a skilled nursing facility. Correct. They're going to have a representative that comes in. For when you discharge. For when you're leaving. <laughs> yep. To bridge the care, um, but you will never see, you know, nurses, therapists providing skilled home health services within a skilled nursing facility. Skilled, skilled. That's yeah, easy to remember. Makes sense. Okay. That brings up something though about a skilled nursing facility, about how people leave and how they discharge home. Correct. Or discharge to an assisted living, wherever mm -hmm. home might be, as we like to say. And that's when then the skilled nursing facility, or gosh, the skilled home care can come in and provide the care. Correct. I know it's, I'm getting tongue tied with yes. this. Okay. So we've covered all of those. Now let's talk about what, a, what if you're at home? So many people are probably at home right now, not necessarily looking for a brick and mortar, but want some more care at home. Oh, well, no, oh, we kind of forget about that one. That happens all the time. All four of those are readily available in your home you can call a local home care provider and have them provide one to 24 hours of care in a day through a consumer driven choice to say, Hey, I want some home care, mm -hmm. send someone out and I want to pay for this service. These are the times, these are the days skilled home health. That's a, you know, just a little bit trickier because it's an insurance driven, you know, doctor driven service. So you would have to go to your doctor's office, same with hospice. You would have to go to your doctor's office. You would have to have a visit and then they would have to qualify you for those services. But that can be as easy as just writing a prescription to say, Hey, you know, pain in here and they're homebound and typically can't mm -hmm. get out to go receive these services. So you can, have them in your home. So I've asked you a lot of factual things. Mm -hmm. I want to ask your opinion now. Okay. So let's say somebody, let's, let's say there's a daughter listening right now. Her mom is at home and she thinks mom needs more care. I don't, maybe she's gone to the hospital three times and she's like, I don't even know where to go or what to start. What is the, what's the best service to like, what's the gateway? into healthcare. Like what would your recommendation be if she doesn't want to move and she wants to stay home? What's her first step? Mm, call a good home care in your area. A home care as in the one to 24 hour one, not the skilled. Exactly. Okay. If, Start if, there. If I'm not consistently able to be over at my mom's and she is having repeated visits to the hospital, mm -hmm. I want to get to the bottom of that. And so I'm going to need some help fact finding that I would call a home care and I would say, I need your services X hours a day, X times a week. And they are going to start keeping records and helping me troubleshoot what is going on with mom. Some like eyes and ears, some professionals eyes, in there. Eyes and ears on the situation so that I can figure out if she is safe at home. Okay. So let's say she's not safe at home. <laughs> <laughs> you hear this a lot? <laughs> She's not safe at home. Okay. What service within the brick and mortar would you say try out? Or like, oh. how do you even know? Uh, as far as whether to start at independent living or assisted living? Yeah, mean? like what's your advice on that? I mean, I think that you should start at the lowest level of care that you need and then progress through the system as needed. So but, like an independent living or an assisted living? Yep. I guess depending on pay. Yes. Payment because yeah. that's going to dictate some stuff as well. Correct. So let's then talk about that. Okay. And let, let's start with the brick and mortars again. Independent living. Who pays for that? You do. Consumer does. Private pay. Private pay. Do long. It's like an apartment. Just think of it like you're going to run an apartment. And long-term care insurance typically doesn't pay for independent living because there's not care involved. Correct. So then assisted living, mm -hmm. who pays for that? You do. Uh, the consumer does. There are a few different options. State to state is different. It's not federally driven, but okay. So the, broadly speaking, mm -hmm. it's a private pay service. 
some states offer a Medicaid program or a state assistance program if you don't have money. And this was in a big push probably five to 10 years ago when they were trying to um, deal with an overpopulation problem in the skilled nursing facilities. Yeah, I and remember that. So they booted up this assisted living waiver where they were helping now consumers pay for what had become an expensive service so that they yeah. could kind of depopulate the skilled nursing facilities to make way for higher acuity patients there. Yeah. So some states will have a program that will help pay for that. And then also federally, there's the Veterans Assistance Program. Yeah. And they will assist with paying with assisted living as well. And long-term care insurance typically does, does pay cover. for assisted living. If you have paid for a long-term care policy, typically assisted living is hands down one of the things that you chose on it. Yeah. Yep. So as far as, so let's say it's, you know, let's just go with it's private pay because that's 99% of the time. Yep. What is a range that someone could expect? I know Jill touched on it a little bit, but I want to go through all of them. So independent living, what can you expect to pay for, let's just call it like your room and board, like, cause that's really all it is. I think that it would be fair to assume that you're going to pay like apartment rates for whatever is normal in your area. Okay. So that could be anywhere from $1,500, $2,500 starting mm -hmm. all the way up to five, $6,000 probably maxing out. Yeah, because sometimes people include all your meals, meals. and everything. Yes. Yeah, so I've had a lot of families say, well, you know, dad has a mortgage still, and then with all of his utilities and then his food and everything else, it's actually cheaper for him to move into an assisted living. Right. And it probably is in some aspects, mm -hmm. especially if you're upkeeping a house. Yes. It can get expensive. Mm -hmm. So then assisted living, is it fair to say that's like 3,500 to 10-ish? I actually have 3,500 to 14 written down. 14? And I was thinking of Come on. A situation. <laughs> I was thinking of situations where people are in a secure memory care unit and um, they are receiving the highest level of care. They are receiving the highest ratios. They are the highest acuity. What they've brought like their sister, their dad, their daughter, and their dog. And they're no. all getting care. No, it's just very expensive. Man, mm -hmm. so can expensive. Be, can be very expensive. Yeah. Okay. So assisted living, a very large range, mm -hmm. and then skilled nursing. Who pays for that? The skilled nursing facilities are paid for less frequently by consumers and more frequently by insurance. So because it's expensive too, if you're privately paying, it is expensive. Really doesn't make sense to ever privately pay, right? right? Yeah. Uh, not this day and age when assisted livings can handle so much, so much higher more. acuity. Yeah. I would like to maybe have a show about how to choose that or look for that because you would certainly want to be choosing an assisted living that can support the acuity as opposed to just yeah. looking for the dollars. Um, but the skilled nursing facilities, is it's more of a state-driven pricing model um, as opposed to consumer-driven. So... Because of that, the prices tend to be more standard. Mm -hmm. And I would say anywhere from eight to $12,000 a month would be pretty standard. Okay, mm -hmm. wow. All and right. again, I think that depends on the market. And yeah, where you live. and Right. So then a skilled, let's, all right, so that's the brick and mortars. Yep. So then onto the other services. Mm -hmm. So skilled home care, who pays for that? Skilled home care is paid for by Medicare Part A and any um, copay insurance that you have. Also, Medicare replacement plans like Aetna, Humana. So like your insurance, fair your to say that. Yeah, your insurance, your Part A plan is going to cover 100% of your skilled home health services. Okay. Um, hospice? Typically, there's no... Copay. There could be a copay on some of your private plans. Yeah, I, know. I see your wheels well, turning. I know. We're doing a home health versus home care. Okay, go over that then. And we'll yeah. talk about it then. Okay, great. Um, hospice. Rachel touched on this. It's always paid for by yes. insurance. Amazing. And then home care. Yeah. Consumer paid for. 
private pay. Private also pay. can be pricey. Can be pricey, but that is obviously totally up to you because you're picking the schedule. So you could do as few as two hours a week and pay $60 a week. Yeah. Or you could have 24-hour care with one person or two people we've even seen. Uh, we're both looking at each other like, well, we have oh. seen that before. Yeah. So, I mean, you could be talking anywhere from fifteen dollars to $30,000 a month. It just depends. Well, I've seen that once, though. That is, that's not often. And that was, somebody was a two-person assist. Yeah. Five. Yep. Yeah, I guess we've seen it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, I guess, if you are really wanting to go home... Okay. Or you just need additional care at one of these settings. And if money's no object, you can pay for whatever you want, really. Right. So home care really, pricing-wise, could go from, you know, if you do one hour a, a week, that could be mm-hmm. $30, $40. Right. But if you do 24-hour care, that could be in range of, you know, 15000 14000 right. I think people start to use the cost of services as kind of the tipping point for assessing the next level of care. Yeah. And we should mention long-term care sometimes pays for the home care as well. Definitely. A lot of times does. Yes. So, okay. I think we've confused everyone. Probably. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we have some questions. So we'll get to those. This podcast is sponsored by Senior Transition Experts. Call us today at 614-947-3611 or visit our website at www.seniortransitionexperts.net. Okay, we have two questions here. They're good ones too. All right, so first question. They said, my mom's doctor said she needs assisted living and can't live alone. Her income isn't enough to pay for assisted living. What should we do? This is a common question. Mm-hmm. I feel like people go to the doctor all the time. The doctor's like, yeah, assisted living. But then it's like, well, wait, a lot goes into that. Right. Yeah. I think assisted living gets thrown out a lot. Right. Okay. So, ooh, so many questions to answer this question <laughs> oh really i think this one's really cut and dry oh go for it great <laughs> oh no you're the guest <laughs> <laughs> now you answer it okay so my answer would be what should we do my answer would be look into independent living with home care oh yep that would work because that would be a little bit cheaper and then home care mm-hmm. or and then maybe skilled home care with it mm-hmm. or Stay at home and bring in home care mm-hmm. and bring in skilled home, bring in skilled home care home. and home health care. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like always my go-to. Mm-hmm. Bring in both those companies wherever you can mm-hmm. and see if it can extend the stay a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would be your answer? <laughs> That's funny. I was just thinking of all of the possibilities to solve that, but I was more thinking, uh, okay, is there a certain time of day that he's concerned about is there a certain diagnosis that he's concerned about is there you know yeah i mean there could could be a number of different things are there incontinence issues are we talking 24-hour care are we talking one-hour care you're like dissecting it i mean i'm spiraling yeah no i would look at independent living with home care and home health care i think that goes back to my point of like going to the Try the lowest level of care, lowest level of intervention, absolutely yeah. necessary, and just progress through the stages as you have to. Yeah. I mean, assisted living would obviously be an option, but if you can't afford it, I feel like that would be your next best. Yeah. Or you can always do, well, I'm not going to confuse people with a respite. I know. I wrote that okay. down, but I thought, oof. Yeah. Forget I said it. Okay. Okay. So then our next question it says, my grandpa was at an independent living and had a fall. He went to the hospital, is now in rehab. I'm afraid he won't be able to move back to his apartment. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's a real fear. That is a real fear, and that is really common. And that is oftentimes a really common goal when people are in rehab is to move back to where they came from. Rehab is a skilled nursing facility. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. When they're at a short-term stay in a skilled nursing facility, sniff. 
that is pretty common for people to be working to get back to their prior level of care. And that's also really common for that assisted living to be assessing whether that person is at their prior level of care. And I would say if he's not and he has the means, then he could bring in additional help. He's going to come back with skilled home health services. He could have a home if he comes back and all of a sudden he's a two-person assist and he has trouble mm -hmm. getting back into bed but he only does it at night and in the morning he could have a caregiver come and totally. help at night and in the morning yeah two hours two hours and that's really financially not bad right so if uh if is it dad if dad mm -hmm. has grandpa if grandpa yeah. has all the means then he doesn't need to go anywhere. He can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if money is an issue and he can't uh, spend more than what he's been spending on a monthly basis, then he would be considering a longer skilled nursing facility stay because so his if, acuity is now beyond what. But if money's no object, you think he could go back to the independent living with two of the services? independent living or assisted living yeah, yeah either, either one either one yes for sure so long as that facility is in agreement to that yeah then yes and oftentimes those things are just an honest um they just require honest dialogue with the staff that's in the community to say this is where he is mm -hmm. he's not doing as well what are some things that i can help put in place so that you feel better and i feel better and dad feels better yeah Michael i know feels better. being on the provider side people appreciate that for sure to say or just to be realistic and be like i want to try this i know it might not work but i want to try this right yep yeah being realistic is pretty helpful mm -hmm. and also stating out loud that you understand that there are risks associated with this but this is grandpa's wish this is dad's wish that goes a long way as well he knows we understand that there is a fear that he's going to fall but he wants to go back to this prior yeah let's be back home yep all right well Jess I appreciate you coming and sharing all this knowledge with us and thanks for having me i hope we didn't put everyone to sleep with all of this uh long-term care spaghetti yeah. <laughs> we just stirred up well i think it was helpful it is very confusing but i think it's really helpful and i think people might have to listen to this a couple times for it to set in i know i do i can draw some diagrams next time can we do a zoom no okay okay all right. Well, um, thank you so much for listening. And again, hopefully you learned about the different levels of care within senior healthcare. And I'm going to leave you with, you are doing a good job and you are not alone. Have a great day.